Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. One way or another, Albertans would have equality. One way or another, Albertans will have equality. The words concluding the 13-page Buffalo Declaration signed by four Alberta Conservative Party of Canada MPs, Michelle Rimple-Garner, Arnold Bierson, Blake Richards, and Glenn Motts. So what is the Buffalo Declaration and what is its message for the rest of this country? Michelle Rempel-Garner joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. It's been a while since we've spoken. Michelle, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Uh, so one way or another, Albertans will have equality. I gather that's the last line of the Declaration. Walk us through the Declaration. What's the nucleus for people who have heard, maybe heard Buffalo Declaration? I've heard a few news stories, but don't really know what it's about. Well, it's an acknowledgement of the fact that um, our region of the country has never been an equal partner in Confederation. And because of systemic structural inequities uh, that go back to, uh, you know, the founding of the provinces, the way that the purchase of land went without consultation, um, the, you know, the history of our provinces with the National Energy Program, uh, the concessions that we had to make in the patriation of the Constitution, these systemic inequities make it unable for our, our provinces to have a fair shake. And what happens, the symptoms of those inequities are things like the severe downturn that we've seen in our economies uh, over recent years because of governments that are coming in uh, that, that have very different ideologies uh, as opposed to uh, the people in our provinces. I think that we have been treated like a colony. Um, equalization is an issue. And I think, you know, I, I was in the Harper government, um, and I've gone through, you know, I've seen a lot over the last four years. I think Prime Minister Harper, you know, the, the reforms that he made, he kind of thought that no future government would ever stray away from the equal footing that a lot of provinces had been put on, where it was like, you know, decisions have to be in the best interest of the entire country. We were proven wrong by that, by Justin Trudeau, within the first few months of his mandate. A lot of the gains that were made they were tempor- under Harper were temporary. They were repealed. And here we are today. So I think that, and, and my colleagues think that, you know, yes, we have to argue against the uh, punitive policies of the Trudeau Liberal government, but, you know, we are underrepresented in, in, in Parliament. Uh, we are, you know, th- there are many things that need to change with regard to constitutional reform in order for confederation to be sustainable. So this was an attempt to, you know, just just stop sort of the consensus of the status quo, that somehow if government changes, uh, that everything's going to be fine. My argument and the argument of others would be that uh, the stri- political stripe of government in Ottawa shouldn't be the, the sole determinant on whether or not an entire region of the country gets a fair shake. There needs to be major reforms. And, like, look, I, this is only a starting point. The document that we put forward was very lengthy, historically researched, but it was meant to spur discussion. People will agree with parts of it, all of it, maybe none of it, but we have to have this conversation for Confederation to be sustainable. It's that this is, I have been struggling with how to best serve my constituents who are severely out of work who um, have asked me to fight for them. I know many of my colleagues in the region feel the same way, and this is our attempt to do that. Uh, It's not sort of a traditional attempt, I know that, um, but these are not traditional times, and these are not times for politeness 
or acceptance of the status quo. It's time to fight, and it's time to uh, start looking at serious structural change. It would be very irresponsible for me to look 20 years down the road and know that I did nothing to attempt to change it for my successor uh, and to have them fight the same fight that I'm fighting today, much as my, my predecessors were fighting the NEP. Something has to change, and that's what the declaration is about. Is it frustrating to you to have to explain that to the rest of the country? Yes. Um, the experience that I had over the last two years, you know, I'm a senior member of the Conservative Caucus. I traveled extensively throughout the country uh, on the lead-up to the campaign and during the campaign. You know, I was in well over 100 ridings um, across the country. And it was deeply, there was sort of a moment where I realized that the only way that I could speak for the voices of my community was to go to other uh, other provinces, cap in hand, saying, please vote for a change in government because it's the only way my community is going to get back to work. And... You know, that's something that is unique to uh, incumbents in, in, in our region of the country. Uh, incumbents in other parts of the country, the path to government is through Ontario and Quebec. That's just the reality. Uh, they have to spend time there. And so what ends up happening is that the voices of our community, it, it, you know, it, 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 I think that there's a lack of understanding of how bad it is, the, the desperation, the anger, and the search for a long-term solution. Um, it's been very frustrating. So this is an attempt to channel that frustration into a positive, constructive discussion that hopefully will lead to change. And I know, like, there are people who say, none of this is possible. Well, if this isn't possible, we've got a big problem as a country. And I just, I'm beyond the point. I was elected to serve my constituents, not to serve myself. And, um... I, I, many of us are, you know, even those beyond that, you know, I'm assuming will will be speaking about this at some point in time. They understand this principle, and the, everybody in this country that cares about our confederation, especially what's going on with these blockades, with the rejection of natural resource projects, mm-hmm. the disaster. Like we're just in crisis in this country, and the status quo doesn't cut it. The status quo won't get us out of a crisis. And that's why you, what we try to do. How have the people of Alberta who've communicated with you, who've maybe heard uh, on, on radio talk shows, who you've uh, you know read about, and how are the people of Alberta re- reacting, responding to the Buffalo Declaration? We have had a massive and very rapid outpouring of positive support. Uh, we have had thousands of people sign up to the declaration, like thousands. I'm actually shocked at the response. Um, 99.9% of the correspondents that have come in have been positive. And I kind of knew, like we knew how this was going to go. Uh, We knew that we would put it out there and then there would be, you know, um, you know, sort of, and we even wrote wrote in the structure of the document what we expected the naysayers to say. And it's funny how that script has just gone. But I can't believe the outpouring of support. And it's this. It's like somebody has finally said what's needed to be said, which is we need to, we need to have structural change. And okay. this is not to say that other people haven't been doing that. You know, the document complements the effort, uh, for example, in my province of Premier Kenny with the Fair Deal panel. But it also acknowledges that this conversation can't just happen at the provincial level and it shouldn't just be up to provincial governments to, you know, again, cap in hand to Ottawa. Let me, I have two more questions for you. Um, sure. What's, what kind of support do you have 
inside the Conservative Party and then specifically inside the Alberta caucus of the Conservative Party? Sure. I'll say this. My, I speak very highly. All of my colleagues uh, in Alberta have been fighting hard on these issues. Um, I think, you know, many of them share the sentiments. I don't want to speak on behalf of any of them because that's not right. Uh, but many of them certainly understand the, acutely the crisis that are facing their constituents. Um, and that's why the document itself started. It said this is, a, this is an open document. We expect people to add to it, to challenge it, uh, to sign on to it in later days. But, I mean, look, um, a discussion has to start somewhere. And I've been in politics long enough that I know that if there isn't a group of people that puts a stake in the ground and puts something out there, that it, it takes a long time for movement. Is, it, is, it, is, it fair, is it fair then to say that it's you four now and you're looking for and hoping for and expecting to have more support from within the party? Yeah, and, and again, I want to emphasize that. And I'm not saying the four. I'm not suggesting your four voices aren't relevant. Yeah, no, 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 no. And and I guess what I want to say is, I also don't want to say that this is the be all and end all, but it's a starting point with mm-hmm. structure, right? Like I know many of my colleagues have been fighting hard, um, but the structure of this document is not meant to be, you know, a panacea. It's it's meant to say, okay, here's where this is a this is kind of a a laundry list of everything that we've heard. Okay. Now let's start talking about it. And I think some colleagues will, you know, I, I look forward to talking with them. I think that, uh, and, you know, many of them have seen it um, even ahead of time. And uh, I think it's it, it's a positive starting point. Let me ask you one more. Let me ask you one more question. Let me ask you one more question. You know what's stuck in my mind, and I haven't been able, I mean, it's constantly when I think of Alberta, and, you know, I'm very empathetic toward Alberta. If you listen to the show, you know that. And you and I have had lots of conversations. What sticks in my mind is the 150th anniversary, the birth of this country, and Trudeau acknowledging all the provinces, and the one province he did not mention was Alberta. Then later he jumped up on the stage and he made some sort of feeble excuse for not... I thought that was with intent. Now, that aside, that's just a small comment of mine. If nothing changes, and we have 30 seconds for your answer, if nothing changes, then what? Well, we're not there yet because the document was meant as a starting point to say, here's the stuff that needs to change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's irresponsible to deal in that hypothetical because that belies a, you know, just a, a complete pessimistic outlook on, you know, the hope of Fair sustainability enough. of our confederation. Th- this document was not designed to jump to a hypothetical. It was designed to put structure uh, to have it. Okay. A, a really clear effort to change the status quo, and we'll deal with that in the future. But I'm, I'm, I want to start on the side of optimism and hope, because if not, we've got a very big problem in this country. Yeah. Okay. That, but that question has to be asked. Um, of course. Based on what what we know now and what you've put forward, that question does need to be asked at the end of the interview. It should sh- be asked. It should be asked, it and it has be been. Asked. But and I appreciate you coming on, and I'm sure we'll have many more opportunities to talk about this, because Alberta does need a better reality in this country than it's been Our receiving. Our country needs a better reality. It affects everybody. Okay. Thank you, Michelle. Take care. Good talking to you. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 